Hey, you. Yes, you. You're listening to Business SOS. Yep, Business Stories of Success, where we interview successful business owners for successful business owners. How do they make it happen? How do they keep it going? Join us with your host and business advisor, Mark Adams. Hello, hello, hello. You're with Mark Adams at Next Level Business Advisors. And today we are joined from across the pond. I think that's the way we say it. I'm with Robbie Swell of Robbie Swell Coaching. And um, I'm excited because when we wrapped a little bit earlier, it was phenomenal. I know you're going to get something out of this because I got things out of it already. But before I start yakking too much, let's jump into it. Hello, sir. How are you? I am good. And I felt exactly the same when we had that that previous conversation, like lovely to connect then and super fun to be connecting again now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us, because everybody's like, okay, so who is this genius that Mark has grabbed this time? <laughs> tell us who is Robbie Swale? Who yeah, are so, so, so these days um, I tend to, well, I talk about myself in all kinds of ways, depending on who I'm talking to, which is, which is, which is one of the things we sometimes do when we're, when we're in business, isn't it? But I work as a coach, most of my kind of uh, most of the work I do is is one to one and team coaching, but I'm also a podcaster and an author, um, and it's an exciting day for me. Actually, uh, you're only the second person, third person after my wife to see this. My my new book, um, the fourth in my series. I've just got my copy. It's it's out officially um, tomorrow uh, as we're recording this. So 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 very fresh. That's exciting. So yeah, awesome. author, podcaster, coach. That's me. Okay. Now you, you held that up uh, really quickly and very um, humbly and modestly. Let's get that. How to share what you've made. That's awesome. right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, tell, yeah. I, I don't want to digress too much, but if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah. So it's, it's part of a series, um, the 12 minute method series, which is, which we might talk about more in this conversation that the, it, essentially there's four books in the series and they're all, all about different parts of what we might call what I call the creative process. But I mean creative in the broadest possible sense there. Anytime we're making something that 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 didn't exist before. So that's that, like business is a great example of that. People who start a business, it didn't used to exist. Now it does. What are the stages you have to go through? But similarly, when you're writing a book, when you're starting a podcast, you know, you'll know about a, a bunch of these things. There's there's four books covering that that process of making something and one for each kind of stage of the process. So the f- depending on how you count it uh the fourth one the fourth book is you have to share the things you've made in the end like that's part of it before that you have to start the business you have to keep it going to start the podcast keep it going and then the third book so the the final one the third in the series and the final one is how to create the conditions for great work but this one this is in a way where it all started for me because i really struggled with sharing the things that i've made whether it was when it was first starting my business or when I first had a blog or when I first had a website, um, you know, it was a kind of agonizing process. And mm-hmm. so it's exciting that this one is the fourth in in the series, but it includes a lot of, and it's actually the shortest book in the series, but it's the probably the most focused because it's, it's just a series of um, motivations and mindsets and tricks to play on yourself so that if you, like I did, find sharing the things you've made an agonizing stressful anxiety worry producing process you can kind of trick yourself through that uh, and then hopefully you find what i found which is that if you practice sharing things you've made enough it can become an easeful thing instead of a stressful thing 
Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I like that. I'm going to try to step back for a second and set the table because what you just mentioned is kind of like what our discussion went into when we chatted before. And that's what's so phenomenal, but it also dovetails into your business. So I want to try to set the table properly for you, if you don't mind. Robbie Swell Consulting is a business coach. I had that correct. Yeah, correct. And then what Robbie Swell has been able to do is master this method, like the 12 minute something he told me about that, like blew him away when he started his own business. And that's really what you coach. And it's part of the book series Did I, did I am I setting the table right? Yeah, that's right. So as part of my business, when I was working with clients, I was, yeah, I was collecting the ideas that are in these books, uh, both from the work I was doing on myself and the work I was doing with others. And so a big part of the coaching work that I do is on how do we create something from nothing? How do we start something? How do we, you know, underneath it all is how do we do impactful work in a meaningful way for us? And if we want to do, you know, for example, thinking about the share book, how to share what you've made, if we want our work to be impactful, we have to share it, right? You have to get through that piece. That's true. That's true. And and you mentioned something about 12 minutes. You did, you, you actually built your business in 12 minutes? Well, it depends <laughs> how you tell the story, Mark, like really. So building my business ran alongside really the creation of the 12-minute method. So these days I think about in my business, I have some kind of, what do you call them, sub-brands or something like that. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the business to some extent. And then I have a part of my, I really believe in the coaching industry. I think coaching has a huge amount to offer um, to leaders, to entrepreneurs, to many of the struggles people are facing. So I have a part of my business that that is for coaches. That's called the Coach's Journey. There's a podcast, there's a community there. So if there's any coaches listening and they're interested, they can check that out. And then the 12 minute method evolved as a, as a kind of separate part of the business. So in a way there are Sounds confusing. A little as I'm saying this, there are three parts to my business. There's the part that's about coaching. There's the part that is the kind of leadership work. So I do a lot, most of my one-to-one work, a lot of it is with leaders and entrepreneurs who are in complex roles. And they're trying to navigate that without compromising who they are too much, which can be really tricky. Um, and then there's the third piece, which is the um, the 12-minute method piece. And so it's not quite true that I built the business 12 minutes at a time. Um, although I absolutely wrote the books 12 minutes at a time. And since mm-hmm. I saw all that, I've been, I'm able to, you know, this is one of these strange things about writing books that I found. And I kind of heard people say this before. Once you've written a book about something, it really crystal, it, help, it helps you really crystallize what, what you believe and what you've seen and what you've learned or it did mm-hmm. for me. So it helped me crystallize like all those things. And what that means is now when I'm focusing things, it's really hard not to see them through the lens of the 12-minute method. And I guess this is, this is interesting for me because then when I look back at my business, well, it's kind I kind of did build it in that way, even though I didn't know I was doing that at the time. I love it. I love it. Cool. <laughs> so now you've kind of whet our appetite. We know a little bit about you and your business and what you do. Now the next question is how do we find you? Do you have a website, a phone number? What's the best way to reach you if we want to work with you? Yeah, so robbyswale.com is the is the is the place. Um that's got links to my coaching work, my two podcasts, all that kind of thing. If you are a coach and people are listening here are interested in that, you can find the coachesjourney.com as well. Um the podcasts are on all I've got two podcasts there on all the podcast platforms and the books there on Amazon and Barnes and Noble if you're on your side of the pond and Waterstones if you're on mine, all that kind of thing as well. All right, all right. Oh, by the way, I didn't ask you. 
Well, I know, but what side of the pond are you at? Where are you, where are you living nowadays? <laughs> yeah, so I've been in, I think we said this last time, right? We've, I've been yep. in London for a long time, but I've just moved to the countryside near to Stratford-upon-Avon, which is where Shakespeare was born. So that's the kind of claim ah. to fame. That was about, that's about 20 minutes drive away from where we are um, awesome. to be near a family. So yeah, it's a change of phase for us. Um, and yeah, we're in the, the west of England. That's cool. That's cool. You know what I find fascinating? And I guess we have this myopic view of life in, in the world a lot of times, you know. I never thought business coaches in Europe. Wow. You know, <laughs> it's amazing. And I, we, we were talking about like how phenomenal it is that we even get to meet one another, even though we've never been in the same location uh, by means of the social media world. Right. So here we are chopping it up like two old friends and we, we you know it's i've never even been over to, to europe that's pretty phenomenal at least to that area so that's yeah, well, cool well you should come come and hang out um here i'll take you to some very old english pubs if you're in the if you're ever in this oh, part of the world yeah like kind of 16th century uh type type things that have kind of still been there the whole time it's, it's lots of thatched cottages in this part of the of, of the country um but i think what you're saying is like it's actually a really important thing to say i mean yeah we were we were kind of and it is it's worth slowing down always to marvel at what a difference like what an amazing piece of magic it is that we're able to not only have this conversation but also record it and share it with people and people yeah. will be listening potentially from around the world but it also matters because it changes the way business works right yeah because it used to be that if i was a business coach in uh, near Stratford-upon-Avon, I would have to find my business coaching clients near Stratford-upon-Avon. And that's just that's just not true anymore, right? Like I have clients at the moment, most of my clients are in the UK, but I've got clients as far away. I've got one in Colorado in the US and oh, wow. one about to start in Singapore. So it's like, that's pretty much, the, wow. that's almost the whole of the whole, that's almost like the, the whole circle. way around the world, right? Yes. And, and that, you know, that there's not many times, like I couldn't meet the client from Colorado and the client from Singapore at the same time, but I don't need to. That's okay, right? So it's it's really amazing. And and when I think about people starting businesses, people starting podcasts, that lesson was really important for me because it means that no matter how specialist your business is, you know, you we all only need to find a certain number of people around the world and it's a lot easier to find them than it used to be. And there are pitfalls Absolutely. of this as well because you can... Uh, you could fall into comparison traps. Like there's just, you know, it would have been possible for me to be the best business coach in that I would ever come across. Uh, you know, there wouldn't have been business coaches, right? But it could have mm -hmm. been the best grocer that I would have ever come across a couple mm -hmm. of hundred years ago. Right. Whereas now I can come across within five minutes on Google, you know, 500 business coaches who look like yeah. they're way more successful than me. And that's great. That's that, true. That can tie us in knots. So there are pros and cons to it, but I think from a creative point of view, from an entrepreneurial point of view, remembering the miracle is is and taking advantage of it is really important. I like it. I agree with you completely. That I I didn't even think about the the pros and cons, but it, it's true. We live it, right? We we'll look around and we'll see another business coach and we go, my goodness, that guy's phenomenal. I'm dirt. And 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 we don't really even know, but it, it's possible or it's not possible. Technology is amazing in how it's changed the world. But I'm digressing. Uh, I want to focus on <laughs> what we're doing. What makes you an expert in your field? Let me ask you that question. I guess there's um there's there's two sides to it really. So one is training. So I've always been interested to master my craft. 
that's like a part of when I got into this work. So I had previous work and I was interested in it then. But when I came to this, you know, I realized that was a possibility. And the internet in some ways made it a possibility. You know, I did I did initially, I did extensive training in coaching um, in, in person in London in the UK. But as time went on, I kind of made it my business to learn from some of the leaders in the, in the fields of business, of psychology, of coaching, um, to get as close to them as I can. And you can do that when you're living in London, you can do it in person because whoever you're, you know, whichever thinkers you're most interested in, whether it's um, who are the people that I've seen speak that I loved, Brene Brown, the sociologist, or um, Jonathan Haidt, uh, an amazing, uh, what do you call him, like a moral psychologist, like they come through London and you can get in a room with them. You can watch, see them talk and ask them questions, wow. but yeah. also online, right? We can all do that because there's so right. much access to these things. So a part of it has been that, is is that kind of um, motivation for me to to master my craft, to be as good at something as I can and at this thing particularly and that was a big part of getting into it for me I saw in my previous work that there were there were just ways that I was never gonna I couldn't be a kind of a market leader in them because you know there was like I used to run uh, small events companies and there were bits of that that I just didn't love right and, okay. and I saw friends that loved it and they were great at it and, and that I found stressful and more difficult and the game was how do if I want to fulfill my potential where could that be and where what's a craft that I might be able to master so that's that's part of it and then the second is um e- experimenting really okay. so you know a lot of certainly what's in my books the reason you know I'm not a researcher I, work, I do a lot of work with academic researchers, and that really reminds me that I am not an academic researcher. Um, and so, you know, when we're doing comparison, if you're writing a book, that can feel pretty stressful because there's probably someone, someone out there who's written a book about how to share the things you've made, who's a, okay. you know, PhD from Stanford or something like that. Right, right. And that's a bit stressful. So what I always have to remember is that one of the things that makes me an expert is that I am on the ground in my own life and with other people as they try and do the things that they want to do, but aren't doing. And that's what the series is about really, right? It's about, it's for people who, who want to do a thing, whether that's start a business or write a book or some other creative project, but they haven't done it. So I'm on the ground with them in my coaching business. And I'm on the ground with me because over the last seven years, since I started this business, I've worked through so many things that I wanted to do, but found really difficult. And in the end, I found the way to do them, whether that's starting the podcasts or the business in the first place, or, and in the end, these books, which, yeah, the fourth of which is now out. Love it. Love it. So you've been in business, you you mentioned seven years. Uh, Let me ask you, what made you decide seven years ago to take the leap into becoming a business owner? Yeah. I mean, I should say that I, I felt my way in. Like I didn't, I, I suspected that it would be the thing for me, but it started as um, I started doing it alongside some other work I was doing for a leadership development company. And then I created a chance to do it two days a week and working there three days a week. So I, it, it wasn't as much of a leap as some people take, but, but for me, it was, it was a lot about, um, how can I put it? So when I'd, when I'd been a leader in, in these event companies, um, I'd, I'd loved being able to be let my entrepreneurial side out, mm. but there had been some difficult things about that. And as time had gone on, I'd, I was like looking for that again, but I wanted it with more freedom. 
you know, one of the difficult things, sometimes like I was working in a charity at one point. So you've got a board of trustees that you have to report to. And okay. they might have, for example, and people will recognize this from boards of directors they've worked with, from managers they've had. Sometimes when you're working for somebody else, you know, they might be more uh, conservative than you are or more adventurous than you feel in the way they want to run the organization. Whereas w- working for myself, I just had this feeling, you know, there'll be some hard things about this for me. Like I, I'd never really sold before uh, and I'd never really, mm. you know, I'd never sold my own time either. Uh, I had to do some work on money and that kind of thing. But there'll be some hard things about this, but the fr- the freedom and the potential will be really high. That was what was exciting for me. I like that. I like it. And I, I think everybody who starts a business, well, no, I won't even say that. A lot of people think it's they go in with these rose colored glasses. I'm going to start it. Make eighteen million dollars the first year, and then the second year I'm going to do twenty five, and then, and then they say, "Wow, this is hard. I didn't know that I actually have to sell my product or my service." <laughs> so it's it's always a journey. It's actually very very interesting uh, to hear how people make the leap and and what makes them successful in that leap. And we're talking now about success. So I'm going to pivot a little bit. Uh, my podcast is entitled "Business Stories of Success." So I ask every individual the same question: How do you define success? But before you answer it can we take a brief pause do you know what it takes to be successful as a business owner there are five keys that every business owner has to master in order to be successful how do i know these keys well i used to say that i made them up but really i've learned these five keys in two ways my name is mark adams i'm the owner of next level business advisors and the host of the podcast business stories of success In the podcast, we discuss success with business owners from around the world. We talk about what it means to them, how they achieve it, and the single biggest quality or personality trait that's needed in order to be successful. As a profitability and growth business advisor, I work with business owners around the country to help them increase profit and or accelerate growth. Now I say or because some business owners aren't properly positioned to accelerate growth. In those cases, we actually focus on honing in on profitability. If you are a business owner and you're excited about improving your profit or accelerating your growth, feel free to download my free ebook, Mastering the Five Keys to Make Your Business Successful. It's found at my website, nlbusinessadvisors.com forward slash five keys. That's the number five keys. You can also subscribe to my podcast, Business Stories of Success. And if you're really ready to start accelerating your growth, feel free to schedule your free discovery call. We'll talk about where you are today, what your goals are, your challenges, your obstacles, and I can help you to hurdle some of the hurdles to your own business success. Join me at Next Level Business Advisors and schedule your appointment today. Okay, we're back. So again, how do you define success? You know, I've thought about this a lot, Mark. I have a mentor called Robert Holden, and one of his books is called Authentic Success. Mm. It's really a, like I think it's you know it's really based around that it's that question that you just asked. You know, he he thinks that um, he says all the significant decisions in our life will be affected by our definition of success. Wow, um, and I think I like it, that. It feels true to me. Uh, I think I've slightly butchered that quote. People can Google if you Google Robert Holden definitions of success quote, you'll probably find what he actually said. It was something like that. But um, so, so I've thought about that a lot, especially recently. So early on, definition of success was um, I'd like to make as much money, or ideally more, than I was making in my previous work with mm-hmm. more freedom and getting more energy and being less drained by my work. 
that was the definition of success. But then once I, then I achieved that. And so then the question was, and that is still a part of it, right? I want to, my work to enable me to um, have the life that I want. But as time's gone on, it, it's changed. And, it, you know, we need to keep asking that question, I think, to find mm -hmm. it out. And, and for example, part of the reason we're talking now is that when my first book was coming out. And it, so the thing to say about it as well is our de definitions of success re really affects how we feel about life. Um, you know, my friend Ed, who's a Ed Watson, he, he said a great thing on a training he was delivering that I saw, which was, you know, failure is just when our expectations don't match reality. Um, and he, he knows this because he used to be a, a high school teacher and he would see people getting their exam results and two kids would get the same results. One would be crushed, huh. one would be delighted, right? So it's like- C that... plus. <laughs> exactly, amazing. And I was, I was like that at university, like I scraped through, but I was so proud because I thought I would fail. Um, I studied maths, which was a lot for me. Wow. Um, but what, so when I was thinking about the books, this was really important because I was getting overwhelmed by saying that same thing, that comparison thing. It's like my books will never sell as many copies as these people that I admire. Right. Probably they might, you know, who knows, all that stuff. So I, I really slowed down on what is success for these books. And, and for me, it's a lot about impact. So the most meaningful success that I can have from the 12 minute method work is if somebody was to come to me and say, I've wanted to do this thing for a very long time. I hadn't done it. I don't know why. I was procrastinating. I was all over the place. I had all these excuses. Then I came across your work, Robbie, and now I've done it. Like that's oh, wow. the most meaningful thing for me. It doesn't matter what the thing is. Like I've And I've had these wonderful thing. The books, the first book came out a year ago. So I've had some of these stories now, of course. And it's all kinds of things. It's like the, the woman who works at my daughter's nursery who said, you know, I used to just like leave my washing just like lying around unput away all the time. And I read your book and now I'm just getting on with it. Wow. You know, it's like small things like that to other home related things. Like um, one of my friends said that his friend had been putting off, they've got a kitchen extension that needs doing. They've been putting it off for a long time. And then she read my first book and now she's like on with it and it's happening. And that's amazing because that means that this, like her house will be more like she wants it to be. And then, of course, the stories about people, you know, it's the 12-minute method story for me started from writing. So where those stories are particularly meaningful for me. It's when someone says, I've been wanting to tell this story um, about my business or myself, and I haven't done it. And now I just sat down because I came across your work and, that, and I've I've done the thing. And, and, and then way back, this same kind of story, mine. But again, very meaningful for me because it's a close friend, my friend mm -hmm. who had read an article I wrote quite a long time ago. It's, it's not actually in any of it's not it's not related directly to any of the books, although the concepts are similar. And yeah, and he had been meaning to start a business for a long time. Right. Okay. And he the the day after he read my article, he had uh launched it by just, you know, by just putting it out there on on initially on Facebook, I think. And now it's an award-winning business that he's been running wow. for five years. It, you know, he left his other work, it's supporting his family, it's having a wow. huge impact in the in the part of the country he lives in. So for me, those kind of things, they're the really meaningful success. I like that. I like that. You gave us a few definitions though. One of them <laughs> that I wrote down that I really love is the definition of success is how we feel about life. That's powerful. Yeah. But I like the way you tied in probably the way you feel about life is because of all the other small successes that you're seeing over time, the impact that you're making on people. It actually changes your life view, right? It makes you feel good about the work that you're doing. I like that definition. And I'm going to imagine that based on what you said, you consider yourself successful. 
Yeah, I do. I, when you say it like that in a, in a moment like this, now I should also say that probably like everybody, I have lots of moments of doubt and worry. And I, I, I have this theory, Mark, I don't know if you have this, this May 2022, maybe the first year out of seven, that I haven't been through this cycle. In, in each of the other six years that I've been in business, I've had moments where I was thinking, I should just wrap this thing up and get a job. Wow, um, and I don't know if you if you've had that too, but I've had other other business people tell me that they've been that that is a cycle they've been through as well. Mm. So I think that's that's really important to say. And then the other reflection I had, just as you were talking, then was the reason that your question is such an important question for everybody to ask themselves, not just guests that come on your show, is that once you've defined what success is for you, like like you said, how you feel about life is partly dependent on seeing these small successes, but. Right you're more likely to notice the small successes if you've defined the small successes. Does that make sense? Right. So once yeah. once I've said what makes a meaningful difference to me, success for me, is those stories. I've been wanting to do this thing, came across your work, I've finally done it. Suddenly, every time I get one of those, yes. I'm like, that's it. It's happened. It rings the bell. This is it. Whereas that's otherwise, right. uh, you know, it's too easy, especially because a lot of these things are delivered in text on, on a LinkedIn message or an email. Um, it's too easy to just kind of swipe your eyes across for me, someone like me anyway, it's too easy for me to swipe my eyes across them, say, oh, that's nice and dismiss it. Whereas mm -hmm. now that I, because I've named it, I am able to slow down on it and say, this is it. This is what I said I was in this for. This is success. I love that. And you know what? That's a interesting point. You know, I, I have a, I have coaches as well. And I remember one time, we, well, not one time, but one of my coaches did like a group class, kind of group training every week. And they always started it by saying, okay, tell us what your wins are for the week. And at first I'm like, this is annoying. I don't have, what did I do this week? You know, I, I'm, you know, and they were adamant that you focus on your wins or what you deem successful. Because if you don't do it, they can pass you by and you can quickly get discouraged. So I like what you said. Figure out what your definition of success is. Declare it. Define it. Declare it. And then recognize it. And it's going to help you to continue on that journey or else we can quickly fade. Right. And, and if we think about, you know, the you know, because I've thought about it over the last year as these books have come out that the the starting is the most important thing right in some ways because if everything if you want to have a thing that makes a difference you have to start it at some point right but keeping going is a kind of lots of people talk about starting not enough people in my view talk about keeping going about not that's giving true. up that's it's true. like actually the, the people that make a difference tend to make it over by being present in their field over a long period you know you can Absolutely. have an amazing instant success but a lot of speech marks instant successes are actually instant successes that happened over a period of 30 years do you know what i mean that's what i heard yes in so, overnight success is 10 years <laughs> right exactly exactly and so that keeping going thing is really important doing the things we need to do to keep going and, and i love that thing that your your coach did to kind of like help you all remember to notice the successes because if not in the end it does get it's not like we said it's not necessarily easy you don't necessarily get your 18 million dollars in year one and yeah. so um you know we need to make sure we're still there in year two and year three and year four right agreed agreed so i i love what we talked about defining that success and and recognizing it declaring it what are some other things you do to make sure that you can make success a part of your business life your cycle your journey well, it's probably worth because we've been talking about it and this has been absolutely transformational for me talking about the 12 minute method. Does that feel good okay. to you as a way to as a way to answer that question? I love it. 
Because essentially, my answer to that question these days is to build in. Um, well, there's you know there's some goal setting things, there's some mindset things. There's probably a lot we could talk about here, but one of the ways that I think about building in success and the things I do to do it is to focus on habits. And that's where mm. the 12 minute method came from. So as I think I said, um, when, about six years ago, I, I'd been in business about a year, I was working with a coach and I was really struggling with sharing things, sharing the things I'd made. That's why this book, this fourth book is so meaningful to me. It was agonizing, it, it made me worry and, and I was stressed about it, whether it was a joke on Facebook or launching my business <laughs> website and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so my coach and I designed a practice, a way to get, um, to play with sharing things I'd made because I knew that if I wanted to have a successful business over time, it wasn't really sustainable for me to feel that rough, that find it that difficult every time I was launching a new product or a new um, sharing some new content, whatever it might right, be. Right, right. And 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 I'd be very always grateful to my coach at the time, Joel who used to be in a previous life had been a visual artist, a painter. And he oh. said, you know, just from nowhere, as far as I remember, he said, Robbie, I used to love painting a ser series of paintings. What if mm. you wrote a series of articles? And we'd already talked about how the fact that I had this short commute on the train in London. And, and the, the game we designed was I would write a series of five articles in the next two weeks on the train journey. And the game was get on the train, write while the train is moving, stop when the train stops, uh, mm. Then then when I get to the office, proofread it once, just once, and then post it online. And, and it was going to be on LinkedIn because I thought no one read LinkedIn. Right. Uh, which, which was, it's, it was more true then. It's still a bit yeah. true now, but in 2016, it was, it was definitely less of a blogging platform. And I did it five times and it was pretty stressful. It definitely wasn't like um, fun. Um, I remember the kind of, I had some of that agonizing feeling about it, but I made it a bit easier for myself because I could, I, I wrote at the bottom of all the articles, this is part of a short series written on a train, <laughs> proofread once and then posted. So it's like, I like let myself that. let myself off the hook a little bit. Like, because all my fear was, I'll get laughed at. People will tell me I'm wrong. People will tell me that that is terrible writing. Um, you know, all this kind of thing. And you know, to all those things, I would have had. Well, I was written on a train, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and proofread once. <laughs> exactly. I only read it once. Yeah, of course. There's some stuff about it that's wrong. Um, and. So it wasn't fun, but I, I could feel that it was it was good. It was useful. There was something about it that was happening for me when I did it. And so I decided to make it a weekly practice. And essentially, I've been writing an article in that way every week now for six years and four months. Wow. And um, I should sort of tie up a little bit. So at some point, I stopped getting the train as much. So I checked how long the train journey was, and it was about 12 minutes that day. So that's Love where the 12-minute method comes from. So now I set I a timer it. for 12 minutes, right while the timer's going, stop when it stops, proofread it once, and then uh, post it online. And they're now on my website that I mentioned before, robbyswale.com, as well as on LinkedIn. And and then the so so that that habit has created all kinds of abundance for me and success in my business. I didn't, it's worth saying I didn't do it to get any of these things. I did it right. because it was a, about growing, it was about making something it's about becoming someone who could share what i'd made without having that 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 sense of sort of agonizing over it but it did create clients it created an enormous amount of content and then a, a really strange thing happened three years in which is that i uh the 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 marketing expert author seth godin published a book of his blog 
And I saw that and thought, oh, I could do that. Because it was really hard. One of the things about LinkedIn as a blogging platform is it would be really hard for somebody to go back and read. This is three years in, read three yeah. years of my blogs. Right. It's hard for me to find my blogs on LinkedIn, let alone that. somebody else. So I thought, well, th th then it could, you know, then if somebody did, people who, you know, I had my blog had some followers by this point, they would be able to, if they wanted to, go back and read them all. And I'd forgotten what I'd written two and a half years ago, let alone somebody else. And I thought it'd be funny because I could call the book, I wrote this book in 12 minutes. Um, which appeals to me. And I enrolled the help of a friend of mine, Steve, to do some editing on the book to help me turn it into a book. Light editing, because part of the point about the 12 minutes thing is that everything's in, it's all imperfect and that's okay. It's still worth doing. Right. Um, but, you know, there's a chance to make it into a book to just do some really light editing on it. But Steve said, it's a great title, Robbie, because it, it says to me, if, if you can write a book in 12 minutes, I should probably do that thing that I haven't done that I sort of say I want to do. Right. But then he asked a great question, which is, can the book, um, can the book do that as well? Can the content of the book help people with, uh, with their challenge to do the thing that they want to do? And at this point, around this point, I discovered two, two things that were amazing. So I sat down with all the articles that I'd written from those first three years mm -hmm. and there were 80,000 words. That's what 12 minutes a week for three years got me 80,000 words. Wow. In fact, too much for one book. That's why it's a series of four now, right? Because 80,000 words is a long book, especially if in, in the kind of um, productivity um, space. And the second thing that was amazing is, is the thing that I spoke about before when you asked about what makes me an expert was that I hadn't just been writing about anything for three years. I'd been writing about all the struggles that I and my clients had been going through. Because if you write for 12 minutes, you haven't really got time to think that much. Right, um, right. You know, you're just thinking, what's the most interesting thing that I could write about this week? And a lot of it was the struggles I've been through, the struggles other people have been through. So I actually had 80,000 words about something. And that's how I wrote my books, right? They're, the, they're that 80,000 words rearranged and repackaged into um, a series of four books, one to focus on each stage of that of that that's creative cool. process. And, and the reason that this is an answer to the your question about success is because this practice... 12 minutes a week plus the time for proofreading and then getting it on the internet. So it's a bit, it's actually takes a bit more than that, um, right. but, but, but 12 minutes a week or so. And it, the impact it has is the ripples it has is enormous. So on me, it is, it has changed how I write. Of course, I'm much better at writing now than I used oh, to be and faster wow. at it and more willing. And I get it more of it right first time, but it also changes. If you write how you think, this is something I heard Seth Godin say, if you write how you think, then it then practicing writing is practicing thinking, mm, and like so it. it's helped me think differently. It's definitely helped me speak. Uh, what would you say more articulately, extemporaneously? Right. Okay. Exactly, like those those things, um, because I write kind of how I speak as well. Yes, but it's also helped me have ideas, hold ideas, learn things. Because if I'm writing an article every week, I've got to think about something every week, and I. Right. What's interesting is if if you know you're going to write an article every week, I can't. Oh, I have got one here. It's it's a bit of a, it's a bit neat, disappointingly neat. I'll show it to you. I usually have an incredibly messy bit of paper beside my desk with like ideas for twelve minute articles scribbled. I up. like that. Right, right. This, this one's a bit neat now. Um, okay. But but usually it's more messy than that. It's because we've moved house and I've lost my messy one somewhere in this pile of paper over over to my left. But um, the you know we 
if you got you do, what you don't want to happen when you're writing for 12 minutes is to come to that point and not know what you're going to write about so i right. you start collecting ideas thinking <clears throat> oh this would make an interesting article it's a bit like defining success shows you that success mm-hmm. defining a practice like this you know has you thinking about and creating for that practice right. in your subconscious all the time so there's so many ways that that has been how i've built for success i like it i like it and so i i love the fact that it's you mentioned habits like that consistency is what's going to build it over time. And it's amazing how you started with a small goal of 12 minutes to write on the train and, and what it's become, I guess it's telling me that over time, if we keep the same habits, it's going to proliferate, become more prolific and it's going to, we will have an abundance and then we can use that for so many other things. Yeah, That's pretty cool. It's really cool, Mark. And I feel like, (laughs) I feel like it's so obvious now, but I didn't used to know it. Like I didn't used to really know. I kind of would intellectually know. Well, of course, if I sit down for enough 12 minutes, I'll end up with 80,000 words. Right, right. But like there's a difference between that and really knowing it. Absolutely. Like now when I look at it, I'm like, in a way, the route to everything is sitting down for enough 12 minutes and doing it. And it's not right. like when I should say that I'm not always doing 12 minutes is, is a really arbitrary number, partly because Correct. it's even funny because the trains aren't you on that train route aren't always 12 minutes. It was just the one that I checked. It could have been seven minutes or 15 minutes. So it's a really arbitrary thing. But the point is exactly what you say. It's, it's absolutely right. It's an amazing thing to really get hold of that. If you sit down for a small amount of time on a regular basis and you do it every week or every month, then in enough weeks or months, you will end up with something pretty magical. It's cool. That's so true. That's true. I'm going to um pivot a little bit. We talked about success. I want to talk a little bit about failure. Not failure in the catastrophic sense, but just mistakes. What's one big mistake you've made in your business journey? The one that comes to mind was a really important lesson for me. I basically... How do I say this without protecting the anonymity of the of the client? But essentially, I had a I messed up a when a client engagement was coming to an end earlier than I'd expected. I made some choices about what I would how I would talk about the contract we had, which were contractually okay to say, but hampered that relationship with that client and damaged it beyond repair. Mm. So I I got I could have had a bit of extra money, which I was due. But it cost the relationship and everything that relationship could have created. It cost mm-hmm. testimonials, it cost referrals, it cost repeat work in 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 years time, and it, that was really important for me to catch because it made me get really clear on one of the principles in my business, which is now that I want people to leave, if possible, every interaction with me, with the possibility for referrals and future work. I open. like that. I like that. Like, and, and what that really means is I need to do my business in like in the in the way i think business should be done at all times and not get seduced into quick wins it's all about the long game uh but but with clients that's made it having that idea in mind has made it much easier for me to make decisions especially when it comes to money because often in business we'd like to have the money now the money now we can see in our bank account versus the potential money later but if we're in it for the long game i think the potential money later the social payments uh, you know, the way that people might refer people to you or, or come back, that's m- much more valuable. 
I agree. I agree. Cool. Um, you coach people, so you, you you I think this is a very good question for you. You you speak even to leaders. What's um the single most important quality you think is needed to be successful in business? Hmm. Well, the perfectionist in me finds that question really hard, Mark. You know, I, uh, I, I need these. I need these books because I I'm a perfectionist, right? That's why I needed that practice. And so it's like, oh, there's so many things. So I don't know that I know the one thing, but here's the quality that came up. Okay, humility. And okay, I think the place that I that that comes up with clients most often is when we want to, when we think about, for example, focus. So one of the most important qualities we can have in you know in business is to be able to do the important things and one of the big challenges of the 21st century is that some of the smartest people in the world are competing with each other to design the the most distracting technology possible <laughs> so that we are wrapped up in facebook or our email or instagram or whatever it might be when we should be doing whatever the most important thing in our business is mm-hmm. and then the reason i say humility is because i had the insight once that we have to do stupid things sometimes to hold our focus. Um, so I always think I should be smart enough not to find myself on WhatsApp 20 minutes after going onto my phone to do something else. I'm not smart enough. No one is because the AI systems that are being designed are, are like the most powerful computer systems ever made, really. They're much more powerful than the ones that beat humans at chess. Do you know what I mean? Like right. thousands of times more powerful than that. And I'm not a great human at chess. <laughs> And so humility is if we need to do silly things in order to do the most important things, if I need to put my phone in the other room, turn the internet off on my computer, whatever the thing might be to be able to do the most important thing, then I need to be humble enough to do that, not think I'm so smart that I can get away without it. I like that. I like that. Um, When I ask that question, a lot of my guests come up with three or four things. When I ask (laughs) that for a specific reason, the single most quality, I want to really filter and make you bubble and i like that term humility uh it's not one that i've heard often from from my guests but it does make a lot of sense that if we have to be humble enough to know our limitations and say okay if i'm going to get this done and i know i can't do it on my own or whatever that might be right yeah put the phone away right turn the phone off but also that's a great one i'd never seen like that the the way you said that i don't know if it's what you meant but it's like i can't do it on my own that's another one right a lot of leaders business people i fall victim to this all the time the last year of my life has been a lot about my business has been a lot about how do i uh, collaborate more how do i get more people involved because i think i can do it by myself and because on some levels i'm smart i can do a lot of it by myself mm-hmm. but that doesn't that's not the best way to be successful right. and to be humble enough to say i can't do this by myself or i'll be better served by having people on board to work with me on this that's another reason that humility is a great quality absolutely absolutely you might have asked you two more questions i'd love it All right. What advice would you give to a brand new business owner? Maybe two pieces, because it's kind of in my mind because of the way we've talked in this conversation. Like Mm -hmm. if do some thinking about money. So it's like a lot of people have a lot of stories about money. And sometimes when I work with new entrepreneurs, that's one of the things they have to get over. And like I said, it was certainly one of the things I had to get over. Like whatever your stories about money are, money is the lifeblood of a business. Like if mm-hmm. it's not the point of the business necessarily, but it's like, if you don't have it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so 
think about money because a lot of us carry stories about it. But the other piece, because again, we've been talking about it, would be, you know, the 12 minute method habit piece. It would be, the question might be this, what would you of three years time or you of five years time be really glad that you'd been practicing every week for the last five years. Wow. Uh, and essentially that's what I, that's where the 12 minute method came for me. It's like in three years time, I'd love to be someone who had like practiced sharing their work for three years. Right, right. Cause then I'll be much better at it. I'll be more comfortable with it for sure. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it, it was true, but you can, it is worth slowing down and thinking that. And sometimes what people come up with is a, is a quality. Like I want to be more confident about this or comfortable doing that. And sometimes it'll be like, well, you know, I just be really, you know, like I was talking to a, a podcaster earlier and we were talking about how, um, or, or a person who works with podcasters, I should say. And, and he was talking about how, yeah, like imagine if in three years, like you've got two choices, you could have been making a podcast every week or two for those three years. And then you have this amazing body of work or you haven't. And you have, right. you know, someone of three years time, it's like, I'd love to have been, I'd love to have not quit for three years. There's all kinds of answers that can come from that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to take something from that, you know, which what, when I'm speaking to a new business owner, what you just said, and it ties into everything, like you said, our whole conversation, consistently doing an important task is going to get you results, but you have to consistently do it. And if you do it consistently enough, you're going to look back over a period of time and say, wow, look at what I have created. So uh, one of the qualities that I think is most important for business owners is discipline. Yeah. If you're not disciplined, you don't do the task at hand. So if you can con discipline yourself to consistently do one thing, whatever it is, if it's write an article, right, you will look back over a certain period of time and you will have success. So I really like what you're mentioning there. And I think that's something that business owners really need to get a handle on. They do can that. I, they can find success. Can I say something quickly about discipline? Please, I think it's please. really important. So one of the things that, again, when I was working on book two in the series, how to keep going when you want to give up. That was when I really got just how important it was for me that I had had this practice that I'd been doing mm -hmm. for six years. Yeah. So I basically, in my life, I mean, exercise would be the other one, but it's it's not as clear a practice. You know, so for example, mm. I exercise on pretty much every work day. Mm. But that means that over time, because I've just found it, it's a really useful thing for helping me do better work, is essentially how it started and enjoy my work more if I've if I've got if I've got some physical energy from that. But the 12-minute the writing practice was different. It was a thing I'd kind of, I'd set out to do and had done consistently for six years. And that meant that I changed how I saw myself. So I didn't necessarily think of myself as someone disciplined, although I think people looking at me from the outside might have. Right. But now I have this evidence that if I choose to re and really commit to something, I can do it every week for six years. Mm -hmm. That's to phenomenal. Be honest. And once you've done every week for six years, you can I could do it forever if I if I chose to. Right, that's my choice at this point. It's 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 weirder for me to not do an article in twelve minutes now, than it than it is to do one. If that makes sense. Of course. But, but the reason I'm saying this is, don't forget that I built that quality and the awareness of that quality in, with a really low bar of discipline. That okay. discipline doesn't have to mean I work like you know in a business. I mean, it does in some level, but. You can build, do the important thing. Doesn't have to take as long as you think it has to take. I like that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah, I like it. Right. It doesn't, discipline doesn't have to be arduous. It doesn't have to be right. so heavy. It can be a simple, I like that really. It makes a lot of sense. You know, one of the things that one of my coaches talked to me about was just being more, doing more 
reaching out, networking. Yeah. And that's a challenge for me. I'm like, I don't like getting on the phone, but maybe I should do what you said. Maybe just one phone call a day, just one, yeah. just, yeah. just five minute call a day. And over time it's going to expound and expand. And that's pretty, that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, even if you did one a week, that would be 50, 50 conversations a year. And if we go back, if we go back to five, you know, five years, that'd be 250 conversations over five years. Unbelievable. So you have five years time, Mark, I would bet would be really grateful to you of now, if you set in place the thing where you had 250 conversations over the five years, let alone, I can't even do the maths, how many it would be 1500 or something if you did one a day. Um, Thank you, Coach Robbie. I'm going to take that. <laughs> and I, don't have to pay. I, don't, I don't even have to pay for that one. That was good. I'm so glad I did this part. I got a free one. Thank you. <laughs> All right. One, one final question, if you don't mind. And this one is uh, introspective. If you can go right back before you started your own business, what advice would you give yourself? I'm always, Mark, I'm a big sci fi fan. So I'm always a bit okay. wary of messing with the space time continuum. Okay. Uh, by giving myself <laughs> advice in the past. Uh, I'm joking a bit. Um, but um, I mean, the, I'm really happy with where my business and my life have are right now. That's partly why I don't want to mess with the space time continuum. But um, the, the thing that, you know, I guess the advice, the thing that I would say to myself is, look, there are going to be some hard times. That's a part of business. And you can trust yourself and you can take it easy on yourself. You know, it's like I the reason I'd give that advice is I wouldn't want to take away the hard times. Right. They're a part of what make it all meaningful, what make where the lessons are, all those things. But I. I can be pretty hard on myself and I didn't you know, I haven't needed to be as hard on myself as I've been. And if I could take away a little bit of that, uh, that then I think I would have had even more fun than I've had. I love it. I love it. That's a beautiful way to end our discussion. Hey, I want to thank you, Robbie, for giving us some time today and for sharing your story with us, defining success, giving me some free coaching. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I look forward to continuing to see your journey to success. Yeah, total pleasure, Mark. Thanks so much. It's been a wonderful conversation. Did you like that interview? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Business SOS, and please drop a comment, like us, and share. If you are a successful business owner and would like to be considered for an interview, visit us at businesssospodcast.com. Fill out our form and we'll reach out to you. Our next story of success will be in two weeks. Don't forget to tune in.